In this episode of the Burritos, Breaks, and Flies podcast, we investigate the paranormal. The paranormal activity occurring within the Lahontan Triangle. And who better to help us unravel this mystery than none other than Hayden Buckmaster. So the Lahontan Triangle resides within Fallon, Nevada. And we have just a ton of outstanding anglers coming out of this area. Our co-host, Taylor the Prodigy Brune, comes from Fallon. A previous guest on the podcast, Dennis's Bister, comes out of Fallon, hence completing the Lahontan Triangle. So we'll take a dive into this, check it out, learn a lot about Hayden and his guiding adventures up in Montana. So sit back and enjoy it. And before we get to that, thanks again to our sponsors, Loop Tackle, Monic Fly Lines, Adams Built Fishing, Battleborn Beer. Without all of them, this podcast wouldn't be possible. So a big thank you. All right, sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. Today, we're coming to you deep from the confines of the Bearfish Bunker. We are protected from the onslaught of Euronymphers. We're safe in here. So today, I have guest host Taylor Brune. Say hello, Taylor. Hello, everybody. And our ultimate guest, Mr. Hayden Buckmaster. Welcome. How's it going? Great. How you doing? Doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And he's coming to us live right now. It won't be live for you because it's recorded, but right now it's live <laughs> from Montana. <laughs> and where are you at in Montana? What, I'm, what? In, I'm in Dillon, Montana. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, How's that? It's awesome. It's a small town. Uh-huh. Um, there's no Walmart here, which I love. You know, oh, I pride weird. myself in living somewhere where there's no Walmart, which makes it kind of inconvenient to get things, but... Right. It's a pretty, yeah, but there's a four-year university here in town, so, you know, how does that oh. make sense? But so do you have, like, a general store? Oh, yeah. We got a Murdoch's, so it'd be equivalent to, like, Ranch and Home, basically, but... <laughs> like big R and Fallon. <laughs> yeah, Big R and exactly. We got nice. a Murdoch's, we got a Family Dollar, we got a Dollar Tree, but I'm pretty sure they got those everywhere in the... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of things in Dollar Tree that are more than a dollar, so it's a misleading, you know, <laughs> thing. It's kind of disappointing, but... All right. Well, we're like going off track here. Who is who is Hayden Buckmaster? Like, oh. tell, us, tell, tell give us a quick little synopsis. Like, like, where are you from, and what the heck are you doing now? Why are you on so, this podcast? <laughs> I, know. I was like, well, I just got talking to Taylor one day, and he's like, hey, you want to do a podcast with me and Nico? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? I haven't done one before, so and I, you know, oh. I was like, I listen to a lot of them at work when I should be working, but you know, I listen to more podcasts than anything, but. Uh, we won't. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Hopefully, don't tell, we won't talk about where you where you work full time. We'll yeah. just leave that out, or we yeah. can make something up. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> FedEx, right? <laughs> yeah, UPS. Uh, oh yeah, UPS. Yeah. <laughs> and so, no, what do you, what, and what do you currently do? Uh, what do you currently do in Montana? As the the reason for your podcast, I understand you're some type of fly fishing guide. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, so oh, nice. I'm actually a, I'm a weekend warrior guide in the summertime, which actually, oh, man, I, it turns out that I'm really not a weekend warrior because some days I was doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, wow. you know, working a couple days, and then, uh, but you know, a lot of it is mainly like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is nice because the job I got now with the insurance kind of gives me the free reign to do it. When you're kind of, I'm kind of my own boss with that too, so kind of have the free reign to go guide, and uh, you know, and I'm I actually lucked out with the whole deal, I you know, just going to those fly shops and, uh, the one Anderson and Platt here, which is the biggest one, you know, probably in Southwest Montana here and has the best selection, just made buddies with those guys. And then pretty soon, just one thing, you know, you're picking up on little things here and there and pretty soon all of a sudden they're like, Hey, do you want to start guiding? So 
Like, yeah, sure. Why not? Not realizing how hard it actually is, but. Right. Yeah. It's like, so, but, you know, I mean, just start doing little things like that. And then, uh, you know, one thing led to another, got the drift boat, which actually is partially, I had Carl, my uncle Carl Buckmaster, and then Gib Mackadon was all there. It's like in Chris McKenzie, it was all three of their drift boats. And then I got partners on it too. So, because they just cruise up here, go fish the Missouri and do all stuff like that. But right. so, you know, I got to, I got to steal their drift boat and learn how to use it and guide out of it and hit rocks with it. So hopefully they're not listening to this. No, actually barely anybody listens to this podcast. So you're good. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's mostly for us. Yeah. yeah and, perfect. uh, you know, just so our listeners know, me and Hayden, you know, Taylor and Hayden went to high school together. So that's how yep. we knew each other. That's Hayden and I. Hayden and I. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. We went, we, went yeah. to, we went to Churchill County High School. They didn't They didn't learn to us very good. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. See, there you go. <laughs> they didn't learn it you up. Learned they didn't learn up. us up. So. No. See, we're green waves. green waves. Green waves. Oh, yeah. It's the Gurkha. It's the Gurkha. Excuse me. Oh man! Don't Ling- defend the Gurkha. Linguica. It's, it's a Gurkha, not a green wave. But it says oh. green waves. I'm, okay, whatever. It's supposed to be alfalfa waving in the wind. You know, I'm not sure about that. But. Better than the melon pickers, though. Yeah, I was gonna say we used to be the melon pickers. So is that what it was? Yeah. I guess you couldn't use that term anymore today. I was gonna say they might frown upon that nowadays. So politics. That's another podcast. Everybody who is listening, I'm just kidding. right. That's another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A podcast. We break down politics and Euro nymphers. And um, <laughs> uh, I love it. So, so that's awesome. So you grew up. You grew up together in Fallon, and that means, yep. yeah. Um, and and this podcast is aptly titled the Lahontan Triangle. Uh, in in and in light of what completes that triangle, he's not here, but. You all know, uh, you all grew up with, well, you did for sure with yeah. Dennis's Bister um, yeah. of Wild Fish, Wild Places, and whatnot. You know, phenomenal fly fisherman, conventional angler, travels around the world. So it's kind of funny. I'm sitting here with um, the spirit of Dennis. He's over here. You guys can't see him. He's, he's over here. He's here and, somewhere. And he's alive, but it's just part. Okay. So yeah, he's not. All right. So <laughs> the spirit of Dennis. And then we got Hayden here. You got. Uh, the prodigy, aka the prodigy. You know. There we no. go. Prodigy, aka Taylor. His real name is Prodigy, and it's like it's funny to see like the successful um, evolution of the Fallon fly angler. Like, who would have thought? Like, oh, yeah. Fallon isn't like it's like you don't have this. I mean, you do have. Well, you don't really have a river. You got a canal. You got a dirty reservoir, and uh, what else you got? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So the drain ditches. Alfalfa. The drain, yeah. That's how I yeah. learned how to fly fish. Was for frogs. Yeah. I was like, so you just, I had a fly rod and you take a hook and just put, you know, put it on the leader there with a piece of red cloth and you're all up on the bank. So you're sight casting to these frogs. <laughs> yeah. And that's no, like, literally it. Yeah. Wow. Me and it Dylan Allegre actually used to do it all the time. Yeah. Me and, yeah. me and Dylan Allegre, we, we would go, yep. we would fly fish for carp in the canals and yep. frogs. And that's about yep. it. What do you call carp again, Hayden? Uh, Nevada bonefish, Montana right. bonefish. Depends on what state you are in. They are a bonefish. Right. Unless you're in California, it's just a carp. And yeah, they're protected, right? Yeah, are they really protected? I did not know they were protected in California. I'm just kidding. Are they? I don't know. I'm just not here. Not here. Not here say, was that independent <laughs> fact checkers need to check that one or what? Yeah, yeah. But nobody's yeah. listening, so it doesn't. Matter. No, we'll have. Matter. Hold on. We'll have. Hey, hold on. Hey, Mr. Producer, can you? <laughs> yeah. So Google we'll it. Get, it's worth Google. We'll, we'll get them on it. So, and yeah, we do have a producer. We we really don't. Um, <laughs> 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 but yeah so that's that's an awesome like that that again you come from fallon and that you end up in montana you know to many people that's a fly fishing mecca you know oh, yeah. you got you got tons of great water major fish populations you get uh, a tremendous amount of anglers up there so i can only imagine you know you know hearing that workload of hey i'm filling wednesday thursday friday saturday you know sometimes on a sunday you know where there's there's a few guides down here that that are you know awesome enough and good enough to be able to do that during the summer months, but it's few and far between. You know, you and you know who they are. There's some Keystone guys out here that do a bang of a job. You know, but other than that, it's nothing like Montana where that demand is high, but at the same time, yeah. you know, it's not it's not an easy job, and you got to be on point. So, kudos to you. You know, that's. That's uh, awesome. So, what? Tell us about like what's your what's what are your home waters like? or up there in Montana. Yeah. What's what's your main river or what rivers do you guide on? Like, let us tell us about that. So, typically, I guide 
mainly this summer because I mean it was such a low water year. You know, we got I'll just give you the whole synopsis. So, but we got the Beaverhead, which is a tailwater mm-hmm. that runs right here in Dillon. Okay. Tailwater, Clark Canyon, Clark Canyon Dam, and then you got the Big Hole. Literally, the Beaverhead's uh-huh. five minutes from my house. The Big Hole's twenty minutes from my house. The Jefferson River is thirty, you know, thirty to forty-five minutes, and then you got the Madison. That's an hour and five minutes away. Yeah. So, yeah, right. and then in between, you got the Ruby. There's one that I won't name because we try to keep it secret. That is way we call it the South Fork. South Fork. So anybody listening, especially if my buddy Josh, who runs the fly shop, listens to this, so he won't yell at me for name dropping it. But yeah. Yeah, but there's a, we call it South Fork, which, you know, it's south of Dillon, but it's a, you know, I mean, it's just, and there's just so much different stuff here that's, you know, there's tail, you know, and even the Missouri, it's only two hours away from where I live here. So, you know, that's really not that far in the grand scheme of things coming from Nevada where everything's measured in hours. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. we pride ourselves on that. Yeah, really though. We do. Yeah, we do. It's only one hour. That's only, it's only one hour. That's close, but yeah, it's true. I mean, like that's it's funny the things that we think of down here versus what you got there. Where we we got, um, we have uh, the Big Two Face here, um, and that's slang for the Truckee River. We call yep. it the Big Two Face because everything's opposite on that river. Everything yep. works opposite. Like you're like, oh, this is how you fish for rainbow trout. No, you don't. This is how you fish for browns. No. No, oh, it's they're a, rising, get the dries, and actually now they're going to hit the nymphs. No, yeah, they'll yeah, hit, hit the nymphs. The nymphs, yep. yeah, you know, it's it's backwards land. And then, uh, you know, and then when there's supposedly perfect conditions, it, it slaps you in the face. So the big two-face. Yeah. And then you got the walker, the east walker, and the west. I got my little spots on the west. I don't share with people, but I'll show yeah. you on the map. Good luck fishing it. Yeah, and then, um, <laughs> good luck getting down there. Huh? Yeah, and then the east walker, which... Again, now that translates to what we we're just talking about. Close, right? I mean, we're yeah. an hour and from Reno, from right where we're sitting right now is an hour and fifteen minutes to the East Walker, and that's something it'll be like, oh, Truckee sucks. Let's just go down there. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know where you got the fifteen minute drive to the next river. Yeah, yeah. and that's just it. That's I mean, you know, the Beaverhead always fishes good. You know, I was telling mm-hmm. Taylor a little bit about the the dirty nymph rig we use on that. Yeah, Which, you know it'll probably make you cringe just hearing about it, but and then trying to teach clients that rig is a whole nother, you know, teaching them how to throw it because you don't want to false cast it with the split shot on the bottom. Oh, you don't? You know, <laughs> say, so, I do, but I, man, I'll tell I, you what, it's like it's like battle fishing. I'll have my hood up and just sit there, and I'm like, fish. nope, don't, don't, do, don't do that, you know. But it's battle fish, battle fishing, man. I was like, man, you get, I get, I've gotten whacked in the head with that split shot numerous times, and. Yeah, you know they just giggle and say, "Oh, sorry," but you know it's part of it, really. Fishing right. on the drift boat, and but uh, yeah, that nymph rig on the beaverhead is something else. But I mean, the beaverhead's a pretty special place because I mean, you've you've probably seen some of those pictures I posted on you know social media where I did a guide the last guide trip I did two weeks ago. The smallest fish we caught was 17 inches, and the biggest one we caught was 23. Yeah, and we caught. I think we boated 38 fish total yeah. and lost a whole bunch so right i mean it's it's a pretty special river and i really i i love it I couldn't ask for a better place to really <laughs> yeah yeah the mine. last picture the last pictures i saw you had was you got you picked up a new drift boat a new clack craft right is that yep. right clack yep and then i noticed like you you took it out and somehow on the same day you got pictures with brown trout but i feel like those were just brown trout you took off the wall from the fly shop <laughs> And dunked him in the water and pulled them out. But hey, look, I caught a fish with the new boat. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, look, look what I got. Yeah, because they all kind of look the same. I just unthought them. Just yeah, I went through your history. And I'm like, well, all these brown trout look exactly the same. <laughs> it's <laughs> just wild, different man. It's weird. So <laughs> no, no. But congrats on the new boat too. That's a big deal. Like when you when you step up. Um, now we we were having a, a boat conversation prior to recording this podcast, and we'll leave names out of it but there's some really great drift boats out there and there's some that you get them and then you and then you ditch them because they're uh yeah i don't know what the deal is they're good for looking at yeah exactly yeah they look yeah. good on a trailer you know yeah, trailer they queens good. they look good you know i mean for some people they'll work great you know but um you know every, every boating environment has its uh it's challenges and you know certain certain craft at those waters and whatnot so but we're pumped for you man that's cool like you could yeah. have one of those well you could have one of those boats down on the truckee but it'd be a lot of clanking banking thumping and 
Lots of portaging. A lot of portaging, yeah. Oh, yeah. Portaging. 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 Yeah, there's some sections where you can get a good stretch on that boat. It'd be a good spring boat. It would be a good spring boat. Yeah, it's a good runoff boat. Right, right. That's what I think I asked Taylor that a couple years ago if you guys floated the trucky much. And then he told me, he's like, yeah, my buddy flipped a flycraft on it. He did. He did. Weird. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So I actually, yeah. And actually, that's not the first. I actually have a funny story about a month ago. I was a guy from Madison. Okay. And uh, we're doing the section, you know, right above Madison, or right above Annis there. And uh, we get down tight towards the end. And, you know, I mean, it's fishing the same way I fish the beaverhead, dirty nymph rig. Well, anyway, so one of my clients hooks it, like, you know, starts reeling it up and, He's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a fishing pole. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, not thinking anything of it. It's in a big hole. Yeah. Pretty sure he pulls it out, and it's a Winston B3X uh, with a Bauer oh. reel on it. What? And the fly was still attached, and the tip was broken. So I'm like, man, this is weird. It was in good shape. You know, the cork hadn't been, you know, in the water too long, hadn't been soaked up too much. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. So I called Winston, and they gave me the guy's name, the guy's number. It's from Southern California. So I call this guy and he says, oh, yeah, that spot right there, the wind picked up and I flipped my fly craft with my daughter in it. It's like about a week before that. No way. Yeah. So, yeah. So he flipped it right there. And yeah, and then he was just like, he said he got everything else except that fly rod. So did you get a cash reward for it? So he's supposedly supposed to send me a box of wine, but I still Uh haven't received it yet. So I'm not holding my breath. But yeah, yeah, maybe you'll hear this and remember. Well, you know, okay. you, yeah. You know do you even drink? Is. Do you even drink wine in Montana? Is that allowed? Is that allowed? No. Like even in no. That's like you know with the implants. They, they, yeah, I was gonna say you got It's like Nevada. You got to drink Carlo Rossi sangria. Yeah, the barley. gallon jokes. Yeah, barley wine. Barley wine. Oh, there we yes. go. Bar- there you go. Barley wine. Car- Carlos Rossi. Carlo just, Rossi sangria. That just happened. Sangria. Mad dog. <laughs> Mad. Wow. Wow. Back when we wow. used to go to the, the store across the track with all the, the foreigners that owned it and they'd just sell it to you. I think statute of limitations has reached on that. So we can talk about it now. Oh, you can talk about it. All right. Oh, good. Good. Wow. That was a good store. They really helped us out in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll shift a little bit from the uh, uh, Montana and we were we were also chatting briefly about pyramid. Sounds yeah. like you come down here every once in a while and, and get your feet wet. Or... Yeah, I think you and me were supposed to meet up in December, right? Yeah. Oh. And actually, so, I got I got the date. Was it? It was a Sunday. I think was it the Sunday before Christmas? Yeah, because I'm leaving here December seventeenth that Friday. Yeah. And I'll probably stay in Elko, and then yeah, then I'll drive the rest of the way. It's 720 miles, I think it is, which isn't bad, but, you know, 11 to 12-hour drive. We don't understand that. What, what's the hours? We just go by hours. <laughs> we go by hours. Miles, <laughs> yeah. miles not I was going to say, it's, a t- it's an 11-hour drive. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> no, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. But, you know, that's that's exciting. You get to fish that, um, you know, uh, and how would you – how would you – you know, okay, you can't compare it to where you're at now, like apples to apples. But on, uh, how would you say this? Apples to oranges? Mm, apples to strawberries? Yeah, like strawberries or like pears. Pears are oddly shaped. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> apples and bananas. We're, like, so, we're going somewhere with this, but maybe. like, I mean, okay, so with pyramid, like, out of all your fisheries, I'm like, where, where would you rank that amongst, amongst you know, quality, size, and fight? Like, if you had to compare it to your your top fisheries in Montana, and then and then take Pyramid, where would you place that, or would you even place it? We just com- consider it something completely different. Oh man, you know, I compare, you know, comparable, nothing, you know, yeah. as far as like, you know, I mean, there's some lakes like you can go to Fort Peck, catch some big brown trout. Yeah. You know, pike, anything, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, even here, Clark Canyon Reservoir, they really started stocking it again. And they put those Eagle Lakes in there and they put that yeah. Arlie strain in there. And so, like, during Ice Off, man, that's fun. So, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to compare because that's why there's a whole group of guys from up here that go down there to fish that. And there's yeah. a big group 
like a lot more than people would think. Like there's, I mean, I know guys, like I think there's a group of 10 guys that go down in March or February, March. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, a hot, uh, that's a hot time to yeah. fish it. It's a good time. Like that pre-spawn time frame, they're running shallow and crazy. Yeah. And going Rick James, going you know, going Rick James. Yeah. You know, the whole Rick James thing on pyramid, right? Where uh-uh, what's that? he's okay. So when you see him like in the spring, especially in the spring, when they start potting the big fish, mm-hmm. like the big boys start potting and they start porpoising like seals. Yeah. Uh, not seals. What's that other aquatic piece of wildlife? Dolphin. Dolphins. Like dolphins. Um, <laughs> when they, yeah. Dolphins, those things. Um, when they start, <laughs> when they start porpoising like dolphins. Yeah, perfect. There, great. Just, great like we can leave it at porpoise. Yeah, Sorry, great, great analogy. Wow, we're really getting somewhere here. <laughs> anyway, when they show their backs out of the water, you know, and they're cruising off the shoreline just out of casting reach, that's when you shout Rick James. Rick James? Yeah, because it's like, so Just like Dave Chappelle would say it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, now I'm, I'm yep. picking up what you put down. Yep, yep, because it's a celebration, right? Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, that's good to hear. You gave all the right answers there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say, pyramid, pyramid's like, I mean, that's just, you know, I didn't grow up fishing it much just because my grandpa, you know, I went with my grandpa a lot and really I didn't start fishing it until I was in high school. Uh-huh. And that's when, I, you know, Louis Morai would take me out there, Russ Frost, um, Steve McMorris, Taylor probably uh-huh. remembers McMorris. I do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep, old McMorris, and he's back up in Montana now. So I actually took him fishing, him and Louis Morai last year. So, but you know, on the, I mean, it's the biggest fish I've ever caught out of there was 17 pounds. And, yeah. Well, you know, last year I went, I caught, we caught that 14, caught a 12, caught a 10. A lot of those little fish in between there. My sister's yeah. out. My sister's out there chucking spoons, just putting us all to shame out there that day. But. It was still fun. Great experience. And that's why I was like, I, I just make it a whole goal. I block off a whole week for vacation time just to go down there and fish that during Christmas. So, yeah, uh, it's a good Christmas present to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's a great way, yeah, to, a great you know, way to gift yourself. Like growing up in Fallon, uh-huh. I just realized, you know, like we never really fished it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you're just like now being an adult, I'm like, man, like, how did we go that whole time? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it's just like a level of maturity. I mean, sometimes those things are right in your backyard or always overlooked. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just like, ah, and then you step away from it. And then you look back at it and you're like, oh, man, really? That whole time? So, understandable, oh, yeah. understandable. But, wow, that's cool. I'm glad you get to put your feet in that water and throw some lines. Yeah, but kind oh, of talking cool. about the Nevada Triangle and the Fallon guys. Maybe it's the fascination with clear water that kind of brought us to, like, fly fishing. You know what I mean? Clear water. Oh, absolutely. Like, just the water being clear where we're like, whoa, we can see the fish. Yeah, we can see it. You don't have arsenic rolling down the, you know, just right at your feet there. Yeah. It's not that muddy around. Is that bad? Arsenic? (laughs) Only if you eat them. Uh, Only if you eat them. Yeah. That's why we are fly fishermen, probably, too. It really really sticks it to you. You're like, well... I'm used to, you know, fish giving us cancer. So. <laughs> it's normal. And see, I think, yeah. I think we're immune because, you know, like all like, you know, the irrigation ditches growing up, man, we uh, swam in that. We'd catch carp in that. I mean, it was just, you know, the canals. Bathe. Yeah, bathe in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much, you know. You're, right. It recharges the wells there in Fallon. So, I mean, it's just one of those deals where it's like, eh, we're good. Then you come I, up I, here and all the water is just completely crystal clear mountain water. And you're just like, what is what is this? Yeah, I, looks, I can drink that. Yeah, and I remember like in a in a prior occupation that I held, um, one of my challenges was dealing with the water out in in Fallon specifically how it affected different things. Like one was pools, one was laundry, like commercial laundry. Mm-hmm. How how you would run the laundry, then you'd throw the uh, stuff in the. Um, no wait, that was a different chemical. But there was the yeah. There's a couple of things going on in Fallon, but but one of them was that so so what it was oh there was uh, rusting 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 oxidation occurring in the wash cycle because of the fact that with arsenic in the wells out there the arsenic was countered and treated with iron and some of those iron particulates would get released into the water system hence uh, bringing up another water quality issue where you're like oh it's not poisonous but now you got this issue and you're like wow like there's just like no win. No win, and and uh, so you know, 
it is what it is. It's 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 Fallon. It's kind of a cool place though. It's it's one of those things that people don't understand, like you know the agricultural presence out there. You know, yeah. Um, the the secret fishing aspects of it to some aspect or whatever. Yeah. And this and that, but it's interesting. There is some interesting fishing out there sometimes. Oh man, Liberty, Liberty Pond slams. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> The kids' Don't pond right in the middle of town. Oh, Liberty Pond. Liberty I'll have pond. to go there and fi- I have to go there and fish it just to say I did fish the kids' pond. It's like Maryland's, except not as good, probably yeah, or better. Good. <laughs> <laughs> They're pulling fish out there that have missing tail. Just like, oh, they, just give, they, just, they just supply the cheap or hatchery fish in there. At least they used to. It's probably gotten better since I've been. Is that where like all the seconds go? They're like, well, these guys are. Well, they're on the edge. <laughs> it's the sick Take tank. them to Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> it's the quarantine tank from there. It's just the quarantine it's tank. The quarantine, the quarantine, it's all the diseased, messed it's up, just, genetically funky fish, you know? <laughs> exactly. I was like, that's how it used to be. I mean, they do the same thing here to the kids' pond here in Dillon. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, took, I was doing this little mentorship program with this boy, and we caught this fish. And it was a big, you know, it was a nice rainbow, but it literally did not have a tail. And then we caught another one. Literally, did not have a, like didn't have its upper, you know, didn't uh, have, yeah, that's weird. and didn't have, yeah, and they just stocked it. And so we're oh. like, man, you know, unless there's a you know nuclear waste in this pond, I think they just uh, threw whatever they had left out of the hatchery into here. So, right, right. Hey, and then here's something else I wanted to bring up was the fact that um, you're you're one of the newest members, and welcome to the team of the Monic fly line team oh yeah yeah i was like i'm excited about that really that's that's pretty sweet like we're a uh we're a small crew (laughs) but growing you know but we um you know we got some great members on the team and it's awesome to see you um uh up there in montana giving some some representation so um, yeah yeah and i think that'll really be an advantage um Especially up there, like working, like um, I know Taylor's worked with it. I think, I think I gave you some of the uh, the Henley, the Phantom Tip. Yeah, line. Yeah. That that's kind of like a crazy concept where you're like, and it's probably one of their coolest things. They like got really cool lines, but this this Henley Phantom Tip, man, it's crazy, great floating line with you know the the green running line, but then it's got what a fifteen fifteen yeah, foot 15 clear foot. tip. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm sure, I mean, I, I found its advantages down here on Spooky Browns, but I got to imagine that might, has to be helpful for you oh. up in Montana fishing spooky fisheries. You know, everyone's chasing fish all day where now you can get up on them. I mean, I mean, have you seen a, like a noticeable difference, like as far as hookups or presentation or less spooking of the fish, if you can say that with that phantom tip? Yeah, because I mean, there's there's certain times too where I've taken that, you know, I just, you know, I spooled it up this last weekend, that phantom tip on that one, and I was just kind of nymphing with it, and I wouldn't really call it euro nymphing because, you know, I was like, but it was, you know, right. th- there's certain spots where, you know, just the indicator wasn't, you know, it's spooking fish, you're flopping down in the water there, so I just take it off there, and you can just feel it with that, you know, with the weight ticking on the bottom there. Yeah, it's kind of like euro nymphing, but not really. So, but it's right. a. And I, I didn't notice a difference on it, you know, really, because a lot of these pools where these fish are at right now, you know, you got to, like, the, the beaver head's so small anyways that you float over the hole, you pull over to the side, you got to wait a few minutes before the fish come back, but they will come back. But, right. you know, and then you just, you know, start infinite, whatever, with clients and doing all that, throwing streamers. And that phantom tip is what I'm really excited about is for hopper fishing in August. Oh. Is what I'm really excited about, and I really want to test it out because, I mean, that's like, you know, July, we get hammered here. I mean, I just figured it out between June until the end of August. I did, well, I guess it'd be May till the end of August. I did 46 guide trips. And you know, there's guys that did, you know, 140. So, you know, you figure that on how many boats are going down that section of river, you know, on that. Yeah. Area. So it just, you know, and those, spook, those fish get really spooky. That's why we're having to use size 18s up to 22s just you know using tiny nymphs yeah and then it's funny like the lower you get down in the you know the river then you know the larger nymphs you can start using again like i run 16s and which you know in the grand aspect of thing it's really not that much it's really not that big but 
Yeah, but that phantom tip Vermonic, I'm really excited to try that, especially because I got a lot of guys that come up here that want to throw hoppers. Yeah. And even on the big hole, too, you know, purple chubby with a dropper. So. Well, it's got great. I've noticed I got it has great castability. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, go back to what will bring Mr. Dennis's Bister up again. We we, yeah. we did a, a smallmouth trip on Prosser with his boat. Um, that was a fun launch. It was just like this kind of a rogue. The, the boat ramp there, even when the lake is full, is like never underwater. So you have to do like a gravel launch. Yeah. So that was fun. But anyway, we got his boat in and um, got out there on some smallies and we got on this little shoal bed like the shoal weed bed and he was using his conventional stuff dropping crawdaddy doohickeys and whatnot you know mm-hmm. he's picking up some nice fish and then i was doing the opposite i was on a fly rod using top waters i was using sneaky peats and i just tied like a maybe a six foot leader off the tip of that phantom mm-hmm. like on like some like 15 pound <laughs> some 15 pound mono you know some like boat rope you know and the castability was awesome you know yeah um i mean turnover wasn't an issue with the sneaky p it's kind of a heavy heavy lure and especially the way i modified it it was a office modification a few years office. ago i yeah it was, it was uh i i i picked up these sneaky peats and it's only ones at the fly shop at the time had it left and all the rubber legs were pulled off like they were rejects. I'm like, but they're the only ones they had, you know? And I'm like, I got to get these. So yeah. I found, some, I had some of these like kind of thick rubber pants in my office drawer. Yeah. And it happened it, for whatever reason, the sneaky Pete was in my like computer bag and I had some super glue. So I put super glue and these little rubber band legs and I'd been waiting to try it out. And the thing slayed and I took it out there a few more consecutive times. Um, with yeah. the exception of the time that I went with Taylor where, took me a while to catch any fish because taylor was present um <laughs> taylor was catching all the fish yeah yeah well they attract to him and sometimes they'll attract to him and he won't catch them like say if he won't, <laughs> he'll, he'll catch a few but then they all go to him and they go away from everywhere else right it's a little bit of an overstatement but that's okay well oh, oh, okay <laughs> yeah it's definitely well whatever but um <laughs> yeah but no it's um i, I love the way cast um, I love the feel of it. It's got an interesting feel to it because it is that um, it, it's PVC free. It's got a little bit of a shark skin feel. Um, and it does have a little bit of a, it sings you a little bit of a song if you're casting that stuff, you know, because the texture on it going oh, through yeah. the rod guides. And some people are like, I don't like that it makes sound. And I'm like, that's fine. Everyone has a preference. Sometimes you want, a, you know, a different feel. You want a clean feel. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like I like it to sing to me a little bit because you can feel it, and especially if you have limited visibility, you can almost hear how much line I'm sending out. You know. Yeah. And uh, so it's interesting. Well, yeah. I I really like it for the uh, you know when your fingers start getting cold out at pyramid kind of thing mm. that texture you know. Oh yeah. Or stripping Absolutely. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what that it, I, you'll have a chance to experience that in cold weather. Uh, Hayden has had that icicle line because that goes like down to zero degrees, like zero to a hundred oh, yeah. degrees. So, I mean, I was whipping some of that around yesterday and, uh, water wasn't, I mean, some water's not cold yet, but, um, dude, I was, I was sending, um, an indicator rig out pretty, pretty good, yeah. pretty decent, you know, so pretty stoked on it. But oh, anyway, yeah. Anyway. That's what I'm, I'm excited for that too because I actually I paired it up with my so I got you know I got a Scott centric and uh, six weight and that's kind of like my hopper go to around here but yeah that's got like you know have you ever casted those Scots and they got like the ribs on them too and if you pair them with that line man it, it it's loud but it's kind of it? cool yeah it's loud cause, yeah because yeah, it got like, kind of like the rib you know how like a lot of fly you know fly rod companies they like make their you know the blank smooth and everything like that where Scott yeah. leaves those little ribs on there. Oh, okay. And it's just, and it's awesome. And it just sings and it's, you know, I like it though, but I'm also kind of ADD. So I, uh, <laughs> I was like, anything. I was like, Ooh, noise. I like that. Noise. noise. Well, it's noise. also probably nice for you in the drift boat. So you can kind of hear when your client's casting, you know, so you oh, can yeah. put that hood up maybe. Right. <laughs> oh right. man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah no, cool. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Though. Well, I'm stoked too. I mean, the stuff's made in the USA, and no one else can yeah. say that. You know, 
And the other thing that, yeah, no, they can't. And the, the other thing I have to say is like, you'll get a chance to experience it is, uh, uh, is the, uh, um, the whiz leader. Uh, yeah, I didn't get any of those yet. I want to try those though, for sure. Yeah. When, yeah, you're going to like it. So it's, 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 um, it's a stem off of the, uh, uh, some of their cores that they use in their line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's so like at pyramid i've been using a 20 pounder and taylor's got some too so it's a 20 pound rated line um and it's a core material but it's like an in-between between mono and fluoro so it's got that stretchability of fluoro yeah but it's got the a little bit of behavior of the mono um and uh i've been using that i use that on indicator and on my stripping rigs and dude the stretch and feel on it is freaking awesome you pull that stuff out of the pack because mm-hmm. um, at that 20 pound, that 20 pounds in a 12 foot section. So what I do is I'll pull that out cut in half, you know, yeah. or I'll, I'll cut it out. Well, actually I'll cut the 12 foot. I cut a section off. I keep a short section for my stripping rod and that long section for the indicator. But it's crazy because I've caught quite a few fish. I mean, I've got man on that one rod. I've probably put so far this season, I don't know, 35, 40 pyramid cutties on it so far. Yeah. Stripping, and the thing feels like a shock absorber. Like, you can feel your rod working. You can feel your fly line. You can feel the the, the rigidity, you know, that low stretch on that monarch fly line. But then you can feel its shock ability. Mm -hmm. It holds a knot like an SOB. And uh, um, it's pretty cool. Like, it's like a no-worry leader material. Yeah. So, I'll I'll tie, like, a 20, and then I'll tie 15 off. Like, I'll, I'll tie... The stripping rig, uh, f- uh, four to five feet of that 20, 50-pound mm-hmm. barrel, and then like three feet maybe of um, a 15-pound streamer. And then, you know, I could tie something off that barrel swivel again, you know, f- you know, or off the tail end of the hook, old school style. Um, oh, yeah. But you'll dig it. And I think, and they have lower, you know, lower lower pounds, you know, for your river work up there. Um, oh, absolutely. I think you're, yeah, you're going to – it's just the, the, the no memory and um, it probably lasts you – quite a few trips versus like the conventional stuff out there. It's not it's super expensive like flora. And if you're using a fluoro tip, you can just yeah. dump that or dump a fluoro leader, you know, or dump the mono leader. And again, it's another made in USA product with a, a freaking super competitive price tag for, for the yeah. recreational and like the serious angler and uh, no supply issues. You know, like yeah. I know some companies were, you know, different fly line companies were having issues with all of our logistics stuff right now. And um, it's all here. It's yeah. all here. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm actually going to try some of that next summer. Yeah. And uh, especially like really introduce it with the guides around yeah. here too, and try to like get it with a fly shop because I think what they're doing over there is great. And I think, you know, as many and I'm all about American made and yeah. it's a good product, too. I've been nothing but impressed with them. So, yeah, you know, you know and I, I pretty I hold Dennis what Dennis says in pretty high regard too. And when Dennis is like when he, you know, guarantees a product, it works. So, yeah, you know, and yeah. that's why he got me hooked on to it. And they sent me some stuff and I'm like, wow, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Dennis, he's the one that got me lined up with it. And um, great stuff, man. It's, you know, he's been doing all these bonefish and tarpon trips with it and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's that. That stuff's got to be awesome on, uh, on, on the salty pond out here and then on the river and it sure is. So anyway, well, again, welcome to the team and go yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. Go America. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> no. Free- I was like, if only other products were made here, man, if only other yeah. products were made. Here. I know it's tough. It's a, it's especially tough. up here. Like, you know, like we were talking about earlier before, you know, we even started is, you know, just the supply issues with everything uh-huh. and up here you know it was a tough year all around for everything i think you know I, you guys definitely experienced it down there coming off the coronavirus and a huge drought year that we had up here i mean right. there was you know they hoodowed us in july so we had to be off the river by 2 p.m in most of the sections so yeah. that's good that you guys do that there yeah you know out here it's just like all voluntary and and it's like you know they'll put the warnings out california actually came to the point where they officially put a hoot owl out um nevada is in a position where they can softly put it out but legally i don't i and i could be wrong on this but they're not quite in the position to officially put a hoot owl out yeah uh, but they can make the recommendation and um 
but there's no there's no ability to make the closure you know which they you know in some cases you're like well i wish they would just do that you know but we can go back and forth on that but um yeah yeah it's tough you know but you still found other entities out there even in the midst and in that which of who will not go named (laughs) they'd still go out there and and yep. and fish the river and guide the river and you're like ah man come on like really you know so oh yeah yeah anyway. well it's like you know I mean there's such strict restrictions up here on it like they just you know this year the brown I don't know if you guys have read about it but like the brown trout in Montana really took a hit yeah like you know the big hole for example where you know ten years ago it was eighteen hundred fish per square mile you know brown trout now they're looking at three to four hundred so. You know, like, and that was when I first showed up here, that was the river, man. You could go there, catch some just absolute studs. And now, basically, the grayling are doing well, which is good. You know, they really want, you know, them to do good, which I like to see. But, you know, for some reason, the brown trout, so they had this big thing this summer where, you know, they had, they issued a new, you know, FWP, you know, really takes public comment into consideration. So, they had this, you know, they came down, talked to all us guides, anybody in the fishing industry, anything. And so now like on the Beaverhead, for example, like it's always been closed on the upper section from December 1st until the third Saturday in May. So you can't fish it. Like it protects that whole section because that, you know, that section produces the whole fish for the, you know, all the fish right. the Beaverhead. So they shut that down. And this year they changed it. So now it closed November 1st and now, it's before like three years ago, it's wild. They wanted you to keep more brown trout. Now you have to catch and release all the brown trout. And then, yeah, single, you know, single artificial only, you know, can't be running sex dungeons now, evidently. So, uh, but I mean, it's good. You know, they finally put that in place, you know, kind of protect the fishery a little bit. Then we also got like, there's sections I can't guide to on weekends. So like there's certain sections where like, I can't even guide that and it's closed to out of state float and guiding so even out of people that come from out like idaho or whatever that want to float it they can't even float it that day so oh. it really relieves some of the pressure off those areas and, and you know it's something like you know i from my understanding the truck gets pressured pretty hard from what i've heard so <laughs> i mean yeah yeah I, yeah it's yeah i get all these zombies they wander out of the bushes and they <laughs> hold their arm out straight and dangle a line straight down the water and they're like look mom catching fish Yep, yep. Depressing. Yeah. So there's no. There's been a lot of pressure on it. You know, we've had. You know, same as you. Um, yeah. High, high temps, low water, and uh, it's been struggling. And we finally got her back. Uh, we had a good yeah. storm last week, and it and it's flowing again. And and that it was it literally saved it. So it's back. We still need more water and whatnot, but we still got some melt. We still got some flow. It's good. Um, but good. I think I was going to go back in your story a little bit where. You're talking about the loss of your your brown trout, and yeah. the plain simple fact is you got weakling brown trout up there that need to take a lesson from Nevada brown trout. <laughs> I was gonna say evidently so, they need to. Yeah, because same thing. The East Walker, East Walker was suffering too, really bad. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, really low, really high temperatures, and those browns were, you know, looking for every bit of deep water, coolest water they could find, and they they didn't have a kill. Um, and they they made it you know but these 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 nevada browns are uh they're freaking resilient yeah i don't know what it is there's a special something going on you know so used to it i guess yeah it's like montana needs to come down and and um, we need to come grab a few of them bring them up here grab a few and they could talk to your fish and be like hey (laughs) freaking sack up son sack up son (laughs) yeah suck it up yeah, Joe, what yeah. are you doing? Now, Dying and stuff. Now, Hayden, you brought up that you <laughs> it's not a Euro nymphing rig that you do up there. I kinda wanna talk no. about that a little Let's bit. Talk oh about yeah. That. Let's talk about it. All right, you so, know? so like first of all, oh what what weight rod are you using for this quote unquote? I, just, I run I run nine foot six weight. Okay. Okay. That's pretty much all I have in my boat. You know, and I, I have you know, I'll run a five weight too for dry flies and stuff like that if guys want to do that. Uh-huh. Um the beaver head, it's really not. I mean, this year actually it was the best dry fly fishing I've ever had on it. I don't know what it was. Um, right. It was just, it was awesome. And then, you know, obviously the big hole, you know. But um, so that rig we use on the beaver head, we call it the U Bangy rig. And a lot of people, like, you know, so uh, I wish I could get into why it's called that. But no, it, um, we'll, we'll skip that. It's a, it's we'll a, skip it's a that. <laughs> public, 
we're 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 uh, restricted by FCC regulations here, sir. So sorry. I was like, we won't get into why we call it that. But no, so I mean, a lot of people call it the drop shot rig, the Carolina rig, or whatever mm-hmm. you know. So basically, uh-huh. you got like your split shot on the bottom, and yeah. then typically I run about eight inches to ten inches, depending. And then you tie a tag, like you know, do a triple surgeon's knot five to six inch tag. And then another, like it all depends on like where I'm thinking those fish are at, you know, if they're hanging, like looking more on top, okay. you know, looking more on bottom, whatever. And then, and then from that, you tie your other fly on top and, you know, about 14, anywhere from 14 to 18 inches. I like to go, you know, okay. maybe even a little longer. And I, I run longer tags too, but then, and then above that, I run a swivel too. So I'll run the swivel or okay. the tippet ring um, just because it's a lot easier when people, you know, tangle it up. I could just cut it off really quick and retie it and then get them back fishing. But basically, right. then you fish that indicator. And I usually kind of go because, you know, the beaver is kind of short and, or, you know, it's, you know, the width isn't much, but it's pretty deep in some spots and you're fishing those holes. So for the first fly, I usually run about arm's length to the indicator okay. and then, you know, judge it from there. And then if we're just rolling. Then I'll like, you know, if we're rolling down and going to the next hole that we want to pull over and fish, I'll shorten it up and let those guys like fish that shallow water where all those rainbows are hanging out in. So, but I mean, it's kind of an interesting rig. I, you know, I, from my understanding, I took a guy and he said, you can't even do that in Oregon or something like that. Cause I think it was an old steel head rig and it was pretty unfair as how they were fishing it, but here it works great. And then a lot of the rivers like the Madison, same way I fish it. Cause it's got the, you know. The Madison's kind of interesting too, with the fact that it's a tailwater, but it has a freestone aspect to it when you get down to the lower section. So, yeah, there's some big rocks in there, and the split shot gets you know tangled up, broken off. But you know, we got a saying here: if it's not ticking, it's not fishing. So, it's a you want that oh. indicator just bouncing because that split shot's bouncing off that gravel bed, and those flies are moving up and down in the water column. And it's supposed to emulate the most natural movement of those flies going in the water so yeah kind of of the reason i wanted to talk about it is Mm. you know like the the big argument is you got to have a really lightweight rod to have that sensitivity and i have done your same Mm -hmm. you know instead of the split shot i usually use an actual fly at the bottom you know whatever but it's like you know i usually run like a a six weight 11 foot you know switch rod and all you know and I'm just like, I'm taking the indicator off because it's a little shallower right here, you know? Yep. And and it's like, I have no issue with the sensitivity. It's like, oh, that's a bite, you know? It's. Right. I just wanted to hear you talk about that, you know? And it's. Oh, yeah. Because you still have the power of that rod, you know? So if it's yeah. a big boy, you're like, oh, guess what? You know, you got a six weight, you know, here you go. Right. Oh, exactly. And that's it. And, I'm, and you don't have a problem with these fish during the summertime. When they eat it, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Especially like you know, I always have a joke like you know, like hey, your indicator's swimming back up river. You might want to set that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's I mean, that's idea. thing. Yeah. Well, I have a theory on on pyramid. The longer you leave your indicator dumped and you don't pay attention, the bigger the fish becomes. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, it's I science. Agree. It's weird. It's facts. It's weird. It's fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, a thing. But yeah, I just want to talk about that, Hayden. I thought that was. Oh really yeah, cool. no. An interesting thing, you know. I kind of heard you talk about it, and I was like, you know, that's that's a we're, good point to bring. We're uh, we're we're strong believers in the philosophy of switch rods out here. Um, yeah, yeah. We look at anything under like eleven or eleven foot six is stupid. So yeah. I was like, um, well, you know, you guys are mostly no, wade fishing. I'm in a boat, so I don't need that long of a rod. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just no. Nah, really though, it's it's a lot wow. of fun because it's like we get, you know, dealing with the wind conditions out here. We can run, you know, a little oh, bit yeah. heavier lines. We got the castability. So when other people are peeling off the water, we're like, dude, the wind, like really, like fifteen twenty miles an hour. People are like, my day's ruined, and it's like you're yeah. dumb because it's not windy in the water. We're so, like, cool, nobody's <laughs> here anymore. That too, that too. Well, you got the reach, you got the castability, you can work with brush lines, you know, there's no overhead casting. You know, the only time we're overhead casting with those things is maybe, you know, if we're, we're running, you know, running the strip game, you know, like a pyramid or, or a lake and basically, and those are yeah. always, for me, they're initiated with a roll cast. Sometimes I can, I can roll cast uh, 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 streamer rigs almost as far as I can overhead, like yeah. on a, like on a, you know, whatchamacallit, uh, like on a Belgian, you know, double haul, I can get almost oh, okay. just as far, just as far with, you know, correctly 
executed, yeah. you know, roll cast. And, that, you know, the, the, the less effort that goes into it, because, you know, it's important, you know, to be fresh, you know, especially smooth if you're out there fast. for hours. You know, yeah, oh, smooth yeah. is fast and, and all that's that stuff. Just, yeah. yeah. And that's actually, yeah, I mean, here I've been, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys getting into it now, especially yeah. up here. See, like the Missouri, those guys are swinging flies just like you would, you know. Mm-hmm. On some of those big, you know, steelhead rivers, and they swing it for trout. And a lot of people are using yeah. those for that. And that's something I definitely want to get into more. I haven't really, you know, dipped my toes into it too much. You know, the fly shop, we carry a few there. You know, yeah. Anderson, Anderson and Platt Outfitters. Anybody listening wants to swing by? Uh, yeah. I don't think you know, anybody listens. I think we've been restricted from Montana, but maybe now we got our entrance. <laughs> you, you got know, your entrance into Montana now. Yeah. Like, who are, these, who are these bear fish guys? Like, what's their deal? So dumb. <laughs> Very irritating. Like we're not even listening to this. Yeah, it's like Montana, <laughs> like boo, you know, but not really. No, it's cool. No, that's awesome. No, that's great. No, and then we're not making fun of the rods or anything. Everything oh, has its place yeah. and everything. We favor them down here because like they work well uh, for us on the truck. Even the Walker, even as small yeah. as the East Walker is, actually, it's a yeah. great rod because you got reach, you know. And then Pyramid, of course, we can fight the wind. You got leverage on the fish, and um, it's 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 a win win. Yeah, you know, the only fun. loss is when you're going through brush, really. You know, and we have to walk. Yeah, yeah, that's but, big. Well, maybe we should get smaller rods because we have to walk through brush. Yeah, yeah, walk through. yeah, big deal, big deal. Yeah, and that's and actually, you see a lot of guides red. <laughs> yeah, a little, just a little bit of brush. It's all right. Right, it's all right. Sage, the sagebrush is the Nevada state tree, right? Yeah, and state <laughs> smell. It's and the state smell too. Yeah, the state smell. What's that smell? Sage. What, sage. What do you think it is? Rabbit brush. <laughs> Yeah, probably brush. a state health issue as well. And yeah. the state health and the state health <laughs> issue. Right. It's all it, it covers all the bases. Um so we gotta transition to probably one of the most important part of of the uh burritos, breaks and flies podcast. Yeah. And that is where we take a uh diversion, we take a hard culinary right, and we start talking about sustenance and provisions. And in this particular section we would like to discuss burritos <laughs> sir we need to discuss what is your favorite burrito in montana and if it's not in montana where is your favorite burrito and why and tell us about it so i got two and mm. the first my first love has to be azteca bakery in fallon is and it's mm. the california burrito there with carne asada so yeah. it's got carne asada you know rice beans, cheese, and then mm-hmm. French fries. Yeah. That's California burrito, right? Yep. And it's that to this day, like, you know, that's still one of every time I'm down there, always have to go to Azteca. Always wow. have to go there. Yeah. You haven't even been to Azteca, have you? No. You need to go I'm always there. with, and no, and here's the thing, I'm always within proximity of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I hear stories about it. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you're more of a connoisseur than I was during my podcast. I just said gas station Maverick burritos. I was gonna say I listened to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was, <laughs> I was like a close second is Jack in the Box down there. The Jack in the yeah. Box breakfast burrito. Yeah, <laughs> I for speed, like that one too. You know? Oh my god! Oh my god! But Aztec is definitely you know for when I have time to sit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, sit and enjoy one. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you know, Montana here, we actually have a, the best, you know, Mexican food is a truck. We have a taco truck. Yeah. And it, well, we call it the taco bus. It's literally okay. just a bus parked on the side of the road. But I mean, these guys, I mean, they just basically stay. I think they stay here winter, you know, year long now. And they kind of keep it open winter hours, whatever. But that breakfast burrito, you know, nice, cool night of drinking out on the town the next morning. That's the best thing to go. Or if when you're going fishing, you know, because you can stop in there and those guys are open early. So stop in there, grab a breakfast burrito. You know, I don't know if it really compares to the Aztec mm. one, but it's pretty good. Well, depends. What's what's in this breakfast burrito? So basically just carne asada, you know, the beans, rice, and then the, you know, cheese. And then the, they got they got a special kind of salsa, though. That's pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but it's spicy, really spicy. Red or green. <laughs> It's it's red, and I don't uh, know if they make it there. Yeah. I, don't know where they, I don't know where they get the fresh ingredients for it around here, but especially in the winter time. But it is awesome. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah the most it, important part, the tortilla. Uh, we have to go into the details. What's what's going on with that? 
Oh, the tortilla, all in these, you know, all handmade flour tortillas. And oh. they, actually, they actually crisp them, so they'll actually put them in oil. You know, giving me, you know, it's giving me heart disease thinking about it. Uh, is, is there a degree of transparency to the tortilla? Meaning, uh, when you look at the tortilla, does it have a bit of, well, transparency? Oh, yeah. Like, you can see through it almost. Like, with that, with that you know if they're if they're running through the oil and it's handmade mm-hmm. there's it's already it's already a given that you have a high high fat level going on in there oh, maybe yeah. with with some like manteca you know with some straight up lard mixed in with that flour okay. and then and then they dip it in the fry oil and then they firm it up on probably like a flat top or something so yeah. that's nuts like you I'm at I'm at a loss for words. I'm proud of you. This sounds great. Like I was, was kind of like, oh, okay, another carne asada burrito. But when you start talking about, thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, the, yeah, tortilla, the tortilla, the cor- yeah, that was that was a good, very point. important. Yeah, yeah. Very. yeah. Like my favorite, one of my favorites is um, when you get that right kind of tortilla. And I'm not a fan of the rice and beans in in the in the burritos mm-hmm. personally. I like more of, I guess you would be more of like a Baja style because I think you're oh, getting, yeah, yeah, you're getting a little ripped off. Like with the rice and beans, they're like trying to cut you short. They're like, "Oh, these are good," and you're like, "No, that's stupid. I want, I want meat, and I probably want some type of veggie in there. I want, um, I'm pretty basic. So if it's like a carnitas burrito, I want like like true, like legitimate carnitas with uh, a little bit of the diced onion and cilantro, preferably like dirty cilantro. Oh yeah, you know, maybe just like a day or two past the date. You know, it's really ripe. You know, it's questionable. <clears throat> does something for the flavor element and then i want to see in that tortilla i want to see the ridges of that meat whatever the meat is you know oh, yeah like kind of pushing through that tortilla where it's like it's like trying to escape oh yeah you know it's uh it's like like taking a what do you call that stuff like play-doh you know and stretching it out yeah. like you're trying to stick your finger through yeah. it and like just before the point where it breaks through i want that all over the burrito you um, want the ridges the ridges from the meat on the tortilla. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see in like a nice tight roll, just to where it just yeah. Really, yeah. I want to see. I want to see the two forces working against each other. I want to see, you know, the containment capacity of that tortilla pushing against the outward force of the meat, because yeah. that when you when you bite into it, you know, it's gonna everything's gonna jive in your mouth and 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 so on and so forth and you know. But you, you can make it work with the rice and beans if you do it right, you know. But I just you know I think you're missing out. Um, I'm thinking, and, and then you're, you don't get that, the, the, what do you want to call it? Like a lethargy factor afterwards. Like the more protein that's in there, yeah. the more, you're, the more you're going to have an immediate like crash afterwards, which is important. You need that like pretty, like that within like 15, 20 minutes of eating that solid meat burrito, you need that crash because yeah. from that crash, even though like if you're about to get on the water, the only way is up. That's when everything kicks in. You're like, all it is is kind of like, it's you know what it's like. It's like you know, we watch like uh, uh, um, a fighter jet, like a naval jet, right? Yeah, the Fallon, right? Ha, yeah. get it? Yeah, ah. right. And but they <laughs> land on and they'll land on the deck or they land on the aircraft carrier, and they're like, oh, that jet's tired. And it's like, no, it's taking a break. It's getting more fuel. Yeah, they're arming her back up, and then it takes off. So that sink, when you eat the burrito, that's you. You're landing. You're like, oh, dude, I need some more sidewinders, and I need that auxiliary fuel tank filled up, and I'm gonna use the restroom and grab a sprite, and then I'll be grab back in the cockpit. And we're gonna, and then we're gonna go. That yeah. right there is the definition of a solid burrito. So you want a downer, not an upper. I want it. Yeah, if you have an upper, it's gonna be only ultimately result in a crash of proportions that. Well, it's probably science-based because mm-hmm. more protein, longer yeah. power in that. I don't know. You know, maybe yeah. rice and beans. That's more <laughs> you carbs. Need that power to make that many more calves. You do, you do, and the rice and beans can put you in a position like, especially you, Hayden, being a guide, where if something's a little off and you start the morning, you're gonna be like, "I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Client, I'm gonna have to pull over here and explore this bushery." You know, oh, <laughs> oh, you, you have no idea. I actually have a really funny story. I don't know if you guys want to hear it or not, but yeah, just that. Let's do it. Let's wrap it let's up with it. that. Let's so, do it. Come on. I had this. I had a. I had a client this summer. Old guy, you know. Yeah. He'd been he'd been coming out and fishing with you know with the shop for years. 
and he I think he was 83 or 84. Well, anyways, he was a. Uh, they're getting down to the river, and uh, all of a sudden he stands up. And, you know, he's making a cast, and he just crapped himself completely. Like you could see it through his, you know, the the typical old man fishing pants. They're tan. Yeah. <laughs> and just you could just see it. And uh, oh wow. And I felt so bad for this guy, and I'm like, you know, he's not making a big deal about it. I won't make a big deal about it. I'm gonna have to douse my boat in Lysol after this. But you know, we're just gonna play it off. So we get down the river, and it's like, you know. We're getting close to the end there. It's like two miles from the takeout. The guy turns around to me. He's like, well, you know, I appreciate you not saying anything to me about me crapping my pants. Could you smell it? And I looked at it. I was like, dude, everybody in the last eight miles could smell that. And he oh. just <laughs> and he just turns around and like kind of giggles. And then, yeah. Wow. And then, I mean, and then when we got back to the takeout, I made him uh, go to the bathroom and uh, fix that. And I think I had a pair of sweatpants in there that I gave him. But, yeah, it was a... It was one of those deals where, yeah, because, you know, a lot of private land around there, not a whole lot of places to uh, get out where you can. I mean, you can stay in the high water mark, but, I mean, it's just a, it was a, it was definitely an interesting experience over the summer. That, like that. Yeah, that feels like an exception to the rule to where, you know, like, be like, hey, we need to take a dip. We need to do a little rinse. <laughs> yeah. A little rinse, you know, might get a little yeah. weird here, but, you know, it's better that than, you know. You were on the you were on the doo doo express for eight miles. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, and it was just, I mean the wind. You know we had that north wind, so it was blowing right in my face going down the river. whole time. The whole wow. time, and it was just wow. like sitting there. I'm just you know rowing like this. You know had my head back. You know, but I'm like you know what I'm just gonna play it off. Whatever. You know it happens. I'm not gonna say anything to the guy. And he thought yeah, it was nice. hilarious. He he was like he's like I've been waiting for you to say something about it the last two hours. <laughs> Did you have your can of chew up to your nose? <laughs> oh man, I thought about you know I thought about picking up smoking Marlboro Reds again. <laughs> wow, wow, that's oh, incredible. Man. Yeah, I mean, so there's all sorts of adventures. Anything can happen. <laughs> wow, I love it. That's phenomenal. <laughs> so, hey, do you have? Um, if anybody wants to learn more about you, do you have like an Instagram handle? Is there a website or is there something that they can go to? What you got? Yeah. Yeah, so like my Instagram, it's hbuckmaster93. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if you guys want to book a trip, come over here and fish in southwest Montana. Uh-huh. You just call it, you know, get online. You can get on Anderson and Platt Outfitters. The number's right there. You can book the trip right online there, you know, preferably on a weekend if you want to go with me. If you want to go with somebody that's actually good, you know, you go during the week. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, basically that's it. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice the modesty nice. the modesty, modesty. Like my, buddy, my buddy Taylor Brown I think he did 145 guy trips this year he's a he's an animal wow so yeah he's a yeah he's another one he's one of my good buddies and so uh, but yeah I mean everybody at Anderson Platt I think we run anywhere from 30 to 40 guides out of there so that's a lot yeah. of guides that is yeah that's like more than we have in Nevada yeah by, by like 30 well, I'll give you. I'll give you. So, you want to know what my Montana guide number is? Yeah, it's forty-four thousand seventy-three. Oh, don't you feel special? <laughs> There's. I got a client here. You know, not a client. Well, he's one of my you know insurance clients, but he's he's been guiding here forever, and his is two seventy-three. Oh wow! So. That kind of shows wow. you how I don't know. It's wild, yeah. There's a lot of guides, a lot of a uh, lot of water to fish, a lot of stuff to do. So What's my yeah, mine's like in the my Cali is like in ten thousands, like one oh one something. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So now, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. It's up there wow. a little bit, but that's just hide crazy. it. Just hide it. Just hide it. You're just like, oh, you know, you don't need to have this portrayed on your boat. No. It's whatever. Just no. use like the last three. The last three zero seventy three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the originals. I'm one of the originals. I bought this from that old man. He doesn't know it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. dude, it's been awesome. Like I've been. It's awesome. Like making the whole connection with the Fallon slash Lahontan Triangle. I was super stoked that you were able to do this. And um, yeah, definitely, we'd we'd love to. Uh, well. Obviously, you're coming down here, so you'll come down here first before we go up there. So, hopefully, oh, yeah. we get on the water with you when you're down here, fish for some uh, uh, some pyramids, and uh, we'll introduce you to. And Taylor, this is brand new, but um, uh, the search for you ready for it? 
yeah. the pyramid to search for Cuddy the Hut. Cuddy the Hut. Cuddy the Hut. Take that in. Take really? that in. Yeah. Are yeah. we talking like Moby Dick style or what? Kind of. It's more like a spin off of like we know that there's just a big sloppy, disturbingly disgusting, fat, lahat and cutthroat trout like Jabba the Hut. So we just call him Cuddy the Hut. He's in there somewhere. Yeah, Cuddy the Hut. So we're looking for him. Yeah, we've been talking to some biologists around here, and there's some interesting things going on in the lake for sure. Oh, I can imagine. Cuddy the Hut. (laughs) I want to find one of those in December for show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just for fun and everything and posing and (laughs) stuff. And then you can take, you know, you can get like the fake mount and then you can post pictures on all the rivers you do up there. Yeah, take it up Back, there with you. Yeah, you know. do the fake mount and then like, take hey, it up there. Man. Look, some bitch, you got one of these sons of bitches up here. <laughs> Cutting the hut. Cutting the hut? I love it. I always wondered how they would do up here. I they, don't know. They'd probably do fabulous. They're maybe they're so resilient. In your legs. Them. You put you put yeah. Lahontans in the rivers and they're they just suck. Yeah, they don't grow big. They're, yeah, they're not the same in the river for sure. They're not. They're not. They're not really meant to be like a river-born thing. I was always curious how they would do in like a big river, you know, like something like. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, so, I don't yeah, know. Something big. Back yeah. in the day, I mean, like snake, you know, kind of just this monster river potentially. Oh yeah. But, I don't know. Just a theory. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talking about digressing. Where are we going with this? Cuddy the hut. All right, buddy. Well, thank you, yep. Hayden. Thanks, Taylor. I appreciate it. And hopefully we'll we'll hook up here in the near future and maybe we'll we'll recap on your visit to Pyramid when you come down uh, in December. Yeah, yeah. And we'll 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 do something there. But uh, again, man, yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, until next time, guys, tight lines. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve in the hills Someday the mountain might get them but the law never will Making their way the only way they know how That's just a little bit more than the law of the life Ah. Uh-huh.